Love is patient. <laughs> patient. And you were becoming a little impatient with me, weren't you? I could sense that. It was happening in the room. There was a lot of judging going on, I think. It's great to see each of you this morning. We're so glad that those of you that have joined us on air are there as well. We welcome each of you today. Today is a twofer here at Bethany because Pastor Robert and I will both be speaking. I'm going to speak first um, because, to be honest with you, Pastor Robert, when it comes to patience, I mean, he's a very gifted man in so many areas, very, very gifted. No patience whatsoever, none, none. <laughs> and then he's going to come up and talk about kindness because I have fewer gifts than he, do, he does. I have, I have some strong gifts, but fewer than he does, but I don't have a kind bone in my body, and so I'm not going to talk about kindness. He'll do that. So a young woman's car was stopped at an intersection, and uh, she couldn't get it started. Maybe you've had that happen to you as well, but I mean, nothing. She couldn't do a thing with it whatsoever. She tried and she tried, and um, the light turned green, and the man behind her could have gone around her, but he stood, and he thought that probably the best thing he could, he could do would be to go ahead and uh, blow the horn. And so he did. He just laid on the horn, which added to her frustration and added to her anger, and um, she was so embarrassed about the whole situation. And so finally, she got out of her car and went back to his car. And she said, um, he rolled the window down. He's a little surprised to see her standing there. But um, she said, I have a plan. He, she said, you, you get in my car and start it, and I'll go back to your car, and I'll blow the horn for you. So, <laughs> well, we've all had those times of feeling impatient, haven't we? Definitely. We all have had those times, no question about it. I, I remember when I was just a young child, um, I don't know, five, six, seven years of age, something like that. My, my grandparents lived in Indiana, and I had gone with my grandfather. And uh, we got out on the road, and we got behind this dear old saint um, woman, and she, she apparently didn't have anywhere in particular to go at that time. You know, back there, gas was really cheap, and so you could just take drives, right? Some, people, some families did that on a Sunday afternoon. Just, just take a drive for nothing, right? So anyway, she was just driving along, just puttering along, and my grandfather was getting more and more exasperated with her driving. And finally, when he got to a place that we could actually pass her, he pulled up beside her and he said, drive it or park it, lady. But Paul wrote, love is patient. Love is patient. Now, this is a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. There's no question about that. But when it comes to patience, you have to ask yourself, what's love got to do, got to do with it? Mm. That's right, that's right. So I'll talk to you a little bit about that just this morning. So when Paul is wanting to help teach and disciple the believers at the Corinth church, Paul decided to talk about this as he was inspired through the Holy Spirit, to talk about the, the kind of love that God wanted us to have for one another, godly love. And so in this portion of Scripture, he uses 15 characteristics of godly love. Now, it's interesting for us to notice that the first one he mentioned was patience. The first one. And we know that God the Holy Spirit directed Paul as he wrote these things, and so you wonder why, why would he have, you know, made patience number one? Could it be because, quite honestly, a lot of us have problems with patience? Uh, let me take a quick survey this morning. How many of you would say that you feel like you're more patient than the person sitting beside you? Lift your hand if you would. Real high, real high. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, just what I thought. And I think that you can also notice that a lack of patience leads to lying. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> the Greek word that Paul uses here in this portion of Scripture for patience is to suffer long or long-suffering. It also means slow to anger. And it's been, it's been translated that way as well, or long-tempered. It's Malcolm uh, Gutsky who said, to become long-suffering, one has to be long-bothered. And so, in other words, patience, you show patience not when everything is going your way, but you show patience when things aren't going your way, and at that particular time, you, you choose, you choose patience. To be patient means to put up with other people's foibles, their mistakes, their, sometimes their meanness, and you simply choose to go beyond what they're doing, and, and you respond with patience. How many arguments, I wonder, could have been stopped and never would have happened if someone would have used a little patience? How many crimes of passion, those things that people do in the spur of the moment because they just, they're so angry or whatever it is, maybe hit somebody, possibly cause a death even. How many of those never would have happened? How many, how many hurts do little children experience that never would have taken place if someone would have showed just a little bit of patience? You probably heard it said before that, that patience is a virtue, and it is. It's a very beneficial quality, no question about it. But the Bible also says that patience is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So, in other words, that simply means this. If, if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. And one of the ways in which you show Christ's love to others is through the patience that you show to them. Now, it takes no training or studying or degree whatsoever to be impatient. A lot of us have that down pat. And the bottom line is we come out of the womb that way, right? We come out of the womb that way. It, 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 really, it really is important that we understand that impatience is not a good look. It really isn't. Uh, when our sons were small back in the 80s, we got them this, this um, stuffed pony named Bobbin. And Bobbin had a story with the, along with the cassette tape. I'd love to tell you teenagers about it. I really do. Cassette tapes, they were the best. They were the absolute best until they weren't. And you had to try. Anyway, I'm not going to do it. Anyway, the bottom, the bottom line, the story of Bobbin was on that cassette tape. And so you would play it. And time after time in that tape, Bobbin would say, I want what I want, and I want it now. I want what I want, and I want it now. Now, after listening to that, uh, we became convinced that, of course, Bobbin had never accepted Christ as his Savior. That was very, very clear. <laughs> and the other thing we knew is we didn't, we didn't want our sons to grow up like Bobbin. We tried to make that very clear to them. So a question for you. Would, would your family or maybe some of your friends, would they say that you're kind of like Bobbin? The opposite of be patient is to be impatient. And it, it really is not attractive. It never is attractive. Uh, there was a, in a previous church that I pastored, um, there was a gentleman in the church there that, that talked to me one morning. And he said, hey, I'd like to take you to breakfast. Would you like to go? I said, um, sure. I mean, he was a good guy. He seemed to be well-natured. He was well-respected by the church as a whole. And so we went to breakfast. But while we were at that meal... I saw a different side to Bill than I had ever seen before. He was so short with a waitress. 
He was rude. He was embarrassing for me. He was demanding. He was complaining. And as he was all of those things, I was mortified. And I decided that at that time, I will never go to a meal with this man again. I won't do that. Probably because of my youthfulness and his age, he was quite a bit older than I was, I didn't say anything at the time. But in my mind, I took some notes. Impatience, impatience is not a good luck for believers. My friends, as ambassadors for Christ, and that's exactly what you and I are, we represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherever we are, whoever we're with, we represent Him. And so, it's my prayer that you will show Christ's love to those who have not yet embraced Christ as their Savior, and also to the household of faith by the patience that you show with one another. The last few years, you know, have been really, really challenging for so many people because of COVID, because of mandatory isolation, extreme members of political parties on both sides, mental health challenges, marriage that have been strained, all of those things. It seems like people have so little margins left in their life. It doesn't take much for them to blow up. So, my friends, I would encourage you, show Christ's love through the patience that you show to them. Remember, friends, patience isn't always about the big things. Quite often it's about the little things that really make a big difference. Well, thank you, Pastor Dwight. Um, there's so many jokes that I could share right now, but I better practice some patience and kindness and pass on that, but cassette tapes aren't that hard, man. They're not that bad. Here we are in 1 Corinthians 13, talking about the qualities of love. You've certainly heard of this chapter before, right? It's commonly referred to as the love chapter in the Bible. How many weddings have you been to where it's been read? Maybe your wedding. I know my wedding, it was read. To be fair, it's a beautiful depiction of how we might interact with one another in a loving way. Pastor Dwight started off the itinerary here and the lineup with patience, and I'd like to share, for you, share with you for a few moments on kindness. Now, when I was preparing for this message and rereading this chapter, I caught myself reading this passage, and at first, my mind sort of started dismissing it, since this is one of the more iconic passages of the Bible. Instead of immediately starting to kind of wrestle with the text and try to figure out what it means to me and how it could speak to me, my brain sort of went on autopilot and shut off and said, oh, I've read this one before. I know what it says. I've read it hundreds of times. You know what I mean? Has that ever happened to you? And it's true. In this particular instance, I've read this passage probably hundreds of times. You might have also. But it makes it no less effective at speaking to me in this specific moment of my life. God has a way of doing that, right? When we're going through seasons of life that are just tough, God sends us Scripture that speaks to us 
in that specific need. So when you come across these sorts of familiar passages, it's easy to kind of speed through it, let your brain go on autopilot, a lot like the Pledge of Allegiance, right? I'm not going to make you all stand and do the Pledge of Allegiance, but we don't even think about the words anymore. We just kind of recite them as if we know what they're saying, but we really don't think about what we're saying. So when you, get these, when you come across these sorts of passages, maybe uh, force yourself to slow down a bit so that we can digest the text. Here in this familiar passage, Paul's listing off qualities of healthy love so that we might emulate these qualities in how we interact with one another. Here in verse 4, he equates love with kindness. Now, at first glance, again, I think it's easy to sort of gloss over this text and this comparison and let your brain go on autopilot and say, oh, I know what this means. I know, duh, being kind is being loving. I know everyone knows that. Everyone knows how to be kind. But it's the same as reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Just because we can recite the Pledge of Allegiance, it doesn't mean we always remind ourselves what the word means. And I think it's the same here for kindness. Merriam-Webster defines kindness as of a sympathetic or helpful nature, of a forbearing nature, and arising from or characterized by sympathy or forbearance. Now, what strikes me the most about an attitude of kindness is that it's not fair. Kindness is not fair. In other words, kindness is not reciprocal. What you put in isn't always what you're going to get out. Mamie Adams always went to a branch post office in her town because the postal employees there were friendly. And she went one year to buy stamps just before Christmas, and the lines were particularly long. Have you ever been there? I know I have. Someone in the line pointed out, hey, there's no need to wait for stamps to buy stamps. There's a machine in the lobby that you can use. And she said, I know, but the machine won't ask about my arthritis. So kindness becomes about what we can do for others and less about what we can do for ourselves. Kindness is humility. Princess Diana put it this way, carry out a random act of kindness with no expectation of reward, safe in the knowledge that one day someone might do the same for you. Now, what Princess Diana is getting at is that kindness is the attitude of doing things to other people without keeping score. It becomes a method of giving to others without expecting something in return. And Jesus was the ultimate model of kindness, He preached, turn the other cheek, and in every single recorded moment of his life we have in the Bible, he practices kindness toward others. Now, I don't know about you, but this can be hard. It takes work. My attitude really matters before I even approach being kind to others. It doesn't come naturally unless you are in a community with people who foster it. It takes a community to build kindness. But it starts right here with me. 
Kindness is ultimately about me. Whether I'm kind or not reflects the attitude of my heart. It shows who I am, what I value, who I value. And the more I think about how important fostering kindness is, the more I don't want to get to the end of the day, sort of look back and reflect and realize that I was a jerk to people. I wasn't nice to people around me. Living a life of kindness is actually living a life free of regret. Because I'm never going to get to the end of the day and say, you know what? I wish I had been less kind today. I wish that I had said more harsh things to people. I wish that I was more selfish. That's just not going to happen, right? Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Kindness offers and it covers a multitude of sins. Kindness makes it easier to look past our faults. And I'm not saying that we're not going to have bad days where we're hurting or angry about something, where it's easy to lash out. But when the scales start to tip and we start having more bad days than good days, they start to outweigh the good we can start to lose relationships with people that we love. So, how do we start this? Do you know any Kansas City Chiefs fans? <laughs> Just kidding, don't start there. That's probably too hard. <laughs> Maybe you're good at this already. Maybe you've built a community of people around you that practice kindness to one another. On the other hand, maybe you're not so good at this. Maybe you struggle with keeping score and wanting everything to be fair, we think to ourselves sometimes subconsciously, this person was mean to me, so I'm going to respond in the same way. This person hurt me, so I'm going to try to hurt them. But this really doesn't get us anywhere, does it? And it's the opposite of the patience and kindness that God showed us through Christ. So maybe we try to break this cycle. Maybe we intentionally respond instead with patience and kindness to people regardless of their behavior. Instead of treating the people the way that they treated us or even treating them the way that we would want to be treated, maybe let's treat people the way that God has treated us with unconditional love. And we shouldn't expect this change to happen overnight. We shouldn't expect our reputation to change right away, but the practice builds on itself and snowballs until we are sort of naturally inclined to respond with kindness and patience in every situation. Eric Hoffer said, kindness can become its own motive. We are made kind by being kind. Patience and kindness also stand out. You probably can think of people in your life that are patience and kind, that, that are patient and kind, that's, uh, that model this behavior in their life. They make us attractive people. They make us people who other people want to be around. They provide inspiration and motivation to others. They are contagious. Let's pray.
Father God, I thank you that we can come before you freely and consider what your scripture teaches us about how to live healthy lives that exude your image to the people around us. We ask that you would help each one of us move toward the men and women of God that you want us to be. We ask for patience and kindness even when we do not receive Help us to be image bearers of the patience and kindness you first showed us. We thank you for the powerful work of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in our lives. May we become contagious Christians. 